0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at
1: wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians Daily. Uh, we are the hosts of the Boss Hog Liberty, Jeremiah Morrill and Dakota Davis, coming to you with a, with a piece of our episode that happened this week.
0: Today's episode is going to be a piece of our episode, uh, number 86, which is about straight ticket voting uh, all across the United States and specifically talking about our races uh, here in the state of Indiana and how straight ticket voting affects our lives and what needs to be done to try to fix that and fix
1: voter turnout issues. The Boss Hog Liberty podcast is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's always a fun listen. It's a really easy listen. Uh, and we're going to join that in progress right now. Oh,
2: boy. I should have put my makeup on. So, right.
1: uh, yeah. So we we did a surprise uh, election results show because we just got bored. I literally shared a status on, uh, on Tuesday night. We were sitting around here at about 11 o'clock. And next thing I knew, Dakota started turning the cameras on, and we had we did a live show. We didn't promote yeah, it. We didn't tell people we were going to. We thought there was going to be a huge crowd here. and there, Early in the night, there were probably 50 people in this building. Yeah, this, this building. place is packed. It was yeah. awesome.
0: Uh, yeah, so I turned the cameras on because uh, Josie Thompson. Um, Danny's significant Danny's other. Danny's significant other, yes. She she came up to me, and she she said, Jeremiah wants to go live. And, I was, <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, oh, okay. So I started setting things up, and you were like, are we going live? I said, uh, yeah, you're the
1: one that wants to. And Josie goes, <laughs> 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 yeah so she she talked us into it not five minutes before that her her three-year-old was running around here yes playing well, yeah, with, with our producer. soundboard and he, he and kept trying to different. he kept it trying to sounds, play with it it sounds better today now than it ever does <laughs> yeah i, I we need, apparently yeah. We needed his gilded touch we
0: need will here to to run the audio side for us he can be our young jamie <laughs> I had, i've had the uh,
1: post-election cold that comes on uh so i felt like death this morning so i I'm, I'm happy that i have a voice at all i i literally like whispered out to sarah this morning i'm waking up this is how much the podcast is on my mind i'm like i hope i have a voice for the show tonight <laughs> that's all and that's all i could muster
0: a voice yeah you said uh we're, we were in a group chat with chris spanglin you said you said the show must go on i took three <laughs> emergencies <laughs> yeah, my entire day
1: I've, I've I've, had like three emergency packets and like eight ibuprofen and <laughs> i've been pounding the waters. Let me uh, tell you guys. But, but I made it. I'm here.
2: Henry County sucks. Okay, Jared, you said, "Hey, come to the party. It'll be fun. We'll stay a little late." When you said late, I was thinking nine, nine thirty, ten at the most.
1: Yeah, I was not expecting. We 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 did the primary election show. Yeah, uh, Audrey had the whiteboard. Dakota and I were sitting there, and we I think you were you we sent I you was, to the headquarters at the at Primo, Republican Party, and uh, and that one took a little Where while for belong, results to come you rhino. in. Rhino, <laughs> I'm a I'm
2: the boomer like correspondent correspondent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm the boomer golden child. They love me. Are you are? Uh, yeah. I would have been in high school.
0: I can't wait until we make it big time. And Chase is doing our,
1: our white house briefs. Chase is our <laughs> Jim Acosta. And he's karate chopping <laughs> arms. <laughs> so we had, uh, we, we, we had the, uh, the, the election night coverage back in May or the primary coverage, not election. We remember that it was the primary. Um, we, we thought maybe they would come in a little late, and they had one place that didn't report, and it took forever to get numbers in. We were sitting around here watching California was closed, and we didn't have Henry County results. We sent uh, Zach Lee and uh, I think Danny Morrill and John Phillips went up to the courthouse at one point, and uh, Chris Guffey, he wanted to work behind the scenes. I mean, we made him work behind the scenes. He probably We have spent, been
0: making him work behind the scenes. That's a big shout-out to Chris Guffey. He's yeah. been doing everything for us. If he,
1: if he keeps... Playing the card right, we'll let him into the senior staff chat on on the show (laughs) that actually plans everything. Uh, Not like that freeloading Chase who just barely knows. Are we still recording tonight? He he messages that at six thirty. Is this still a thing? Hey, I show up. I'm dependable. You're here. You're here. Uh, So yeah, we we sent Chris Guffey down there, and he instead of getting to hang out with us and have the party, uh, he just basically spent time at the courthouse, just standing there watching them count votes. Yep. Uh, And and by eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, I don't know if they paid a dollar a page or not, but we actually got election (laughs) results. Yeah, uh, from the from the courthouse. And uh, we've got we don't have the precinct by precincts yet. Uh, those will be published later and we'll have them. But uh, yeah, statewide. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit here. Uh, yeah, we'll some a, things we talked about and watched and, and covered. We had state, U.S. Senate candidates on back in the primary.
0: Yeah, but we had Yeah. We covered the U.S. Senate uh, Republican primary pretty heavily. I went to the the debate there. And as we all know, Mike Braun uh, won the primary. And he came out ahead uh, as well uh, by about 4,500 votes. Is that your Pokemon Go speaking at you? No,
1: it's uh, – <laughs> so Chad Chad Malicote just messaged me. He said he, uh, that uh, I was heard on WIBC last night. And I said, what what a show. Apparently on Hammer Nigel, our buddy Rob Kendall was on, and he said that uh, in my third-party race, I should be the model. Uh, the model of them should be this guy out in Henry County named Jeremiah Morrell. So. There we go. I, I missed it. I, I have famous. to go back and listen to the podcast, but yeah. Rob's throwing us some
0: love, man. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, um, yeah so Mike Braun ended up winning, uh, winning the U.S. Senate race. He won by about 4,500 votes here in Henry County. Uh, or Yeah, 4,500 votes here in Henry County only. Uh, Henry County voters picked him uh, 61% of the time. So. Yeah, so we had, had we had nine people write in a candidate
1: for. I think they all wrote in percent. Christy Avery. Spangle said that if you don't like somebody, <laughs> you're supposed to write in Christy Avery. So we can only assume that Christy Avery, uh, category five super fan of the Ball soccer Liberty, was uh, was the write in. Uh, Lucy Brenton wound up with a four percent in that race uh, statewide. Tara Klutz has been reelected as the auditor. Uh, she uh, she won fifty six to forty over Jocelyn Whitaker and John Schick, uh, the Libertarian, g- came in with three percent. Uh, big race for the Libertarians, the Indiana Secretary of State race. That's our ballot access race. Yep. Uh, for us to exist as a party, we have to have at least 2% of the vote. We cleared that. Mark Rutherford got 3%. We were hoping for more, but we were still alive for four more years. Uh, Connie Lawson was reelected 57% to 40% over Jim Harper, the Democrat. The,
0: the big thing about that race with uh, Connie Lawson being elected in 18 months, she is going to have to resign Uh, as secretary of state because of her term limits yeah the Um,
1: the county republicans uh, their facebook page shared something saying you know uh, celebrating that connie's there and i was just wondering if they've announced who's going to replace her already (laughs) since she's constitutionally term limited Yeah, she
0: is uh and it's kind of it seems kind of ironic to me that she would be that she would still run the person who's in charge of elections for the state would still run for a race where she can't full out she can't fulfill her her full term uh so with connie lawson the the republican governor which uh will be eric holcomb uh will be picking her replacement not the voters so i i think that that is pretty significant to point out but yeah like you said uh you know we are still on the ballot so that's that's always great news
1: that's right so uh on the county level uh a few the, the races that we watched obviously were the county council races peg steffendell did win big in that race uh 70% or so uh she won that one and then uh last friday night we had the special show between uh chad Malakote and robin reno fleming uh and chad picked up the win uh that was probably the biggest upset of the night or the biggest surprise biggest change of the night did you i i did yeah you you live in that district.
2: I told you, Jar. I was like, you know what, Chad's got this in the bag. Do you? And you're like, I don't know. I don't I, know. I if said, he does. man, it's a tight race. It's A tight race. We expected it
1: to be tight, and it was only a couple hundred votes. Uh, but I think the story of the night, or the surprise of the night for us, uh, was the absolute turnout for the straight ticket voting. Uh, that yeah. was that was kind of the, the the surprise I had. You know, when I did the analysis of my race ahead of time, knowing it was an open seat. You know, I, I ran four years ago, and that was kind of a baseline for me, and I got 17% of the vote. And I said, okay, if I got 17% now, that's 400 and some votes, if I can double that a little bit more in a three-way race, that gets me to 34%, you kick in a couple more votes, 36, 37, 38, somewhere in there, I could win. That was the logic that I had going into the race. Uh, the county went out and bought the new election equipment. I uh, yeah. spent a little over $700,000 on 190 new machines, and the... The straight-ticket voting with this new equipment, it jumped up uh, 17%, uh, which I was not expecting. Uh, but if you looked at the straight-ticket voters from, uh, from 2014, 37% of the people that voted took a straight-ticket ballot. 2016, it was 39%. In 2018, it jumped all the way to 56%, so more and, than, and it, more it's than a, half.
0: It's important to point out as well that during presidential election years, straight-ticket voting is usually a lot higher. Uh, so it only jumped 2% between 2014, 2016. So Henry County is kind of an anomaly in that way, but still the, the numbers make sense to me to point out that, yeah, 17% is not just a coincidence, especially in a midterm year. So we had
1: this new equipment and, uh, Cade, you're here, you, you voted Mm -hmm. on election day. Sure. Uh, and I assume you didn't do a straight ticket or didn't try to do a straight ticket or you undervoted some races. Mm -hmm. Tell us what it was like using the equipment.
3: Um, it's At first, I mean, it was like any other year or pre- previous years in 2016. Um, <clears throat> when you go to, it asked the first question, which was the state question, the referendum.
1: That was the, yeah, the, whether or not they were going to amend the Constitution yeah. for uh, some balanced budget thing. Yeah.
3: Um, and then it went to what straight party you wanted to select. And, of course, to split the ticket, um, to go through and look at all your options instead of picking straight ticket, uh, you had to hit next, and then when you hit next, it would prompt you like you made a mistake, and it said that the the ballot wasn't complete, and you have to hit next again for it to go to go to away the next screen, or right, or, it would, away. or you could go back and could, make a selection, or you could go back and make a straight party selection,
1: and right? It, you could go back and amend your ballot, yeah, before you submitted it, yeah. Um, and we started to hear that from the early voters, people saying, you know, this is a little confusing. And yeah. I, I saw it myself. I should have taken a picture because yeah. we've, been, we've been kind of struggling trying to find the language it, or, it or a like a vision. It seemed like the entire
3: time that I was in there voting, I, it took me a little longer, of course, because I went through all my options. Yeah. But everyone around me was asking the same questions or stopping and asking an attendant, you know, how to go straight ticket or how do I go back and do this or... Does this screen mean that I made a mistake? Am I still going to be able to vote? You know, everybody yeah, seemed and really confused on what was going on.
0: So we asked um, we asked on our Facebook page if anybody had any stories. And without even prompting, um, now I put out a, a status on the Boston of Liberty Facebook page that said, did you vote during the midterms? If so, we want to hear your story. Without prompting, we got a ton of comments, um, a ton of direct messages from people who were saying, that they found the straight ticket very confusing, and they had trouble. Uh, quite a few people said that they voted straight ticket because they they thought that their vote wouldn't get counted if they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it's not uncommon, and I definitely think that that contributed to it because I mean, think of three people asking just while you're there to vote. How many people don't? They're just. Very agreeable people, so they don't want to bring something up or ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. How many of those people just went ahead and went? Oh, I guess I have to click one of these, and they click Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, whatever, and just went on. You know it. And then
3: considering the the turnout that we had this year, it seemed like there were a lot of new voters this year that had never voted before. Right. And even though it it really is, it's an easy task. It was just a very confusing one, it seemed like, this year. And I think that was really intimidating to a lot of new voters, especially. Oh,
0: incredibly. And, you're, and the first time you vote, it's always, you're always very nervous. Yeah. And it, it's very intimidating. You stand in this long line of people. Uh, no one wants to talk to each other uh, because of what you're there to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and here to overthrow the government. I need some <laughs> peace and quiet. <laughs> I don't need you looking over my shoulder. And I'm here to revolt. And then you and then you go um, into the ballot box and and it it can be very intimidating from the start and then you throw confusion on top of that and it's it's not a good recipe for success yep. for individuals or government. What was your experience like, Chase?
2: It was great, Jerry. I woke up that morning and I was like, oh, I got to rush to get to work, and then I rushed mm-hmm. to work. And then I got off and I was like, oh man, I got five minutes. To make this happen. And I was like, eh, I'll do it four years from now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, the guy Why who didn't you just the stop stop who I wanted, on the way home. Listen, the guy who I wanted to win, I knew he had it in the bag. I was like, he doesn't need my vote.
1: He's gonna win. The guy you wanted to win was uh was was Mike Braun? No.
2: I didn't look into that race at all. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys. Did you,
1: did you need more information? Needed more commercials? Yeah.
2: I didn't want to vote in a race I wasn't informed on. I feel like that's a big problem with politics. A lot of people aren't informed. You know how many friends I had post on Facebook that day that said, Ooh, vote Republican, vote red, but they couldn't name one person in that local <laughs> election. Yep.
1: Yeah. You were more educated on the local ones than you
0: were on the state. Yeah. Line. And I didn't even vote. Well, that was that was uh, the other big issue with straight ticket voting is a lot of people get caught up in what they see on the nightly news or mm-hmm. going around their Facebook and Twitter feeds, and they go in there and they think, "Wow, look at how the Dems screwed over Kavanaugh. Yeah. I can't let that happen again." So they they let the national tribalism exactly you know, put a lens on and local the, politics. And so let's- the, the evidence that we have with that is uh, the fact of is Trump's coattails, yeah. right? Because Trump can go. Every single race that Trump went to the state and campaigned for that person, they won that race. That is that's direct evidence that we have of national coattails in in
1: local and statewide offices. Mm-hmm. So uh, wrapping up this straight ticket voting thing and I, I, listen, it, my strategy wasn't counting on I wasn't counting on the massive voter turnout, it, the numbers I had. I had more votes this time than I did in 2014. Uh, yeah. But my percentage went down because the turnout was so much higher. And then, uh, the, like I said, the straight ticket voting did go up. I was expecting to have a very legitimate chance to win, landing at twelve percent. Man, that was that was not what I was expecting. Uh, but at the same time, you look at the results across the state. It was a bit, you know, it, and across the country for libertarians, we were very competitive. Uh, but when when you look at the straight ticket numbers, and it's not making excuses; it's just the reality. 56% of all people this time took a straight-ticket ballot. 70% of the voters that did that selected that Republican button, mm-hmm. which meant that generic Republican in any race had 39% of the vote. In right. a three-way race, that's a winning number before you start. Oh, yeah. Uh, you which, know, so that, and that's just the, that's the reality of it. So I, you know, if you don't like the straight-ticket voting and you think that we need to be looking at individuals, you have to realize that Indiana is one of only eight states Eight states that have straight-ticket voting. That was yeah. eight? Eight. <clears throat> <clears throat> Indiana, I thought it was nine. Indiana, Alabama, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Texas, and Utah. That's wow. it. Oh, yeah. That's it. And Texas is getting rid of it in 2020. So it'll be seven states by 2020. What is that? What does Indiana, Indiana uh Indiana got rid of the straight-ticket voting in the at-large races okay, yeah. uh, in 2016. So oh, I didn't realize it was that new. Yeah, it just happened. So the 2016 race that uh, Jesse Riddle was on the ballot for at the Henry right, County Council... Yeah that was the first time that a straight ticket vote didn't count in a county council race. Which means you actually have to go and select so it. Yeah. yeah, so for 2020, that is the best opportunity for third-party candidates is in the at-large races, which are the council races. Right. Uh, so just looking at that, obviously, if you're a third-party candidate, whether you're a green or you're an independent or you're a libertarian, mm-hmm. the county council races are the ones to target because they're at-large in Indiana. Uh, but yeah, we are, I mean, we are in the, you know, this is like this is almost like a cold beer on Sunday issue in Indiana. Yeah. Uh, or Sunday sales of alcohol. We are that much of an outlier.
3: One thing I would like to point out that I've seen some confusion on when people talk about maybe getting rid of straight-ticket voting, it's not that anyone wants to get rid of your ability to vote all for one party. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, no one some will. people are thinking that they're getting that confused it's if you want to you still go through and you, know, you can make mark any choices Republican you want to. That you want it's it's still up to you there's no control as it's, far as that goes that anyone's trying to get
1: we're in an information age now yeah. right so you've got information on all these candidates and you've still got a party label next to it yeah um but we're now in this digital box where the straight ticket voting is going up in addition to you know, yeah, it, th- this tribalism that's going on. We're doing it electronically, so the machine is asking you to go back and acting like you made an error. Oh, you forgot something. Go mm-hmm. back and p- select, fill in a box. When we had paper ballots, you could check that box if you wanted to, or you could just skip it. Right. There wasn't positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement to go back and say, "Hey, you meant to do that." Right, and I don't even remember this in the twenty sixteen election. Uh, the, the box was there, but it wasn't. It was not the, f- the entire screen. Jumping at you, like yeah, this.
0: it's a it's a pop up and it's got like yeah. the little exclamation mark hazard sign, and and it's like uh, you're leaving this section blank or whatever, and and you're like oh crap you know, and it even threw me off. I went back and I was like wait no this is a
1: straight ticket screen like I yeah I, I don't want this so so, so our numbers we wound up at we'll call it twelve percent it was like eleven point nine seven we'll say twelve percent because you know we we can round up L- at least I can have that right. Yeah, I'll let you have it. I'll so, let it slide. So a comparison uh, Gary Johnson was about 15 percent as a the libertarian candidate for uh, u.s Senate in New Mexico. He was obviously a libertarian candidate for president the last two cycles and he was the former governor of New Mexico so he had won as a Republican. He got 15 percent of the vote in New Hampshire in New, in New Mexico without straight ticket voting. Uh, they actually had the, the Secretary of State tried to add straight ticket voting back this summer and it got thrown out by their state Supreme Court. Uh, New Hampshire, uh, the place with the uh, Liberty LARPers, Dakota, Yes, uh, they, uh-huh. have, they have, uh, it's obviously a relatively small state. They only have three or four electoral votes, uh, but they have a, a general assembly or a legislature with 400 members, okay? So their, their races for state house are very close to what we have for a county council race in Henry County. Um, there's a guy named Brandon Finney who was elected in 2016 as a Republican, and he left the Republican Party, joined the Libertarians, and he, uh, he had to run for re-election this cycle. It did not go as well as he had hoped. The Reason article in the headline states that he got slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm am, I am going to pull this up one more time here. I had it ready, and then I, I switched off the screen. So I, I did a little analysis. I took his numbers and uh i think in. that's I, right I cl- yeah it is the wrong chat there, you have any idea how many group chats i live in <laughs> <laughs> and then the day after the election everybody messages I think you I, th- I think you just uh, missed it. there you not go not that one i thought it was no 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 uh eh, we're looking you guys carry on without me for a second okay
0: Anyway, this guy ends up losing <laughs> in the New Hampshire state and state house race. And uh, he, he did get slaughtered. He, his actual voting numbers and his percentage was less than what here Jeremiah's is. race was. But what was really interesting, uh, I think to a lot of us was that their state house race garnered
1: less votes than our County council here race. Here, here are the details. So Brandon Finney wound up with 10% of the vote. Uh, the, the Democrat actually campaigned and worked. He got 42% of the vote, and that there was a Republican <laughs> that just put out yard signs, and he got elected with 47%. Hmm. Uh, Sounds there were, familiar. There were only 30... Uh, now, in my race, listen, everybody worked hard. Everybody at every I door. I was talking and, about your race. I was, and everybody, not, yeah, maybe, I was dogging Greg Pence. Oh, <laughs> yeah, generic old generic Pence. Uh, yeah, so there were 3,600 votes cast in Finney's state house race. Uh, there were 4,100 votes cast in, uh, in the District 1 race. So there, there were a whole lot more votes. There were 4,100 votes in District 1. There were 2,500 votes in District 2. Wow. Yeah, and 4,700 in District 3.
0: So in, in 2016, there, were roughly, there was roughly the same amount of voters in District 1, but 2016, of course, was a presidential election. And voter turnout's always a lot higher. So it was on par with the presidential election, our midterm turnout was, mm-hmm. which is uh, pretty impressive. However... Uh, with that being said, the voter turnout was still only fifty-two percent. So, and that's of registered voters of the population of Henry County. It is. It was actually only thirty, thirty-two or thirty-three percent of people in the county came out to vote.
1: Fifty-two percent of registered voters.
2: Yeah, those people who didn't suck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they should have. Which is they, their car batteries ought to be dead tomorrow. <laughs> which I think maybe they will have flat tires. You should go key their cars. Yes. I should, Chase. I,
2: <laughs> <But understand.
0: laughs> I think right. that's another thing that's plaguing our republic as well is low voter turnout. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that just everybody needs to go out and vote because that is also a horrible decision. Yes. If you're going to go out to vote just to vote, then stay home. Absolutely. If you didn't, if you don't know anything about the people that are running or about the issues, then then your vote doesn't carry weight or at least it shouldn't because it, you're you're making an uninformed decision that impacts not only you but everyone. So I think that which has always been the goal of this show is to is to try to inform people before they head to the polls. And I think that in the age of the internet and the amount of technology that we have now, it has never been easier to become an informed voter mm-hmm. to just simply look without the lens of partisanship, without the lens of oh, I'm so angry because the Democrats did this. National politics. Yeah, you and just you just look at things. I think people, Read the newspaper, for God's the, sake. People see the
3: party and they think, you know, if, that, if, if this person's a Democrat, then I don't agree with them. But if, if a Democrat want, here yeah. is a
0: conservative in, in California, California.
1: yeah, so, yeah. John I mean, Gregg would have been a, an I mean, all right. Just
3: Jeremiah's race. <laughs> Jeremiah had tripartisan support
1: for the area because Absolutely. Not
3: people aren't that far apart.
1: If you want candidates to continue to run and go through the effort that Pat Cronk did, that Kenan Gray did, that I did, then the voters owe it to the, to them to, to look past just the tribalism yeah. and to actually run. Or else you're going to end up with more races where you have one candidate for county clerk, one candidate for county commissioner, yep. one candidate for sheriff, one candidate for recorder, one for auditor, and nobody's going to try. Because it's a whole lot of work to raise that money, to do the work, to go through the effort, and then 40% of the vote goes to one can, one party. Yep. Yeah, Brad Brewer is in the uh, live
0: chat right now, and he said one quarter of our population shouldn't be deciding the results for everyone, which is absolutely correct. Here in Henry County, with 52% of registered voter turnout and with you know 50%, let's say, for a two-way race to win, that's one quarter of the population that is deciding the person who's going to make decisions to impact everyone's life. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's not how a representative democracy
1: is supposed to work. All right, so we're gonna leave that portion. We'll transition out, but that will probably be in the wall daily. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but you